Okay, by Mr. Curtis Whiteley. Good afternoon. It's wonderful to see everybody today again on this beautiful Sabbath day, first day after the days of bread. As I was coming up with today's topic, and I was trying to think about you know what to discuss, um, you know, for me it's been a long time to remember when we've had a holy day uh, such as the last day of unleavened bread fall after, uh, or excuse me, the Sabbath fall after uh, the last day of unleavened bread. And I was just thinking about, you know, what we've, we've been thinking about so many things. Uh, we have been listening to Bible studies uh, like you did this morning. And then uh, throughout the week, maybe you have personally, you've went to church, we've had Passover. And I just started thinking about the idea of the apostles. And what it was like to, you know, be living back in those days. You see, if you were a Jew living in the first century you most likely would have had a common longing that most Jews would have had. That is, you would be longing for the restoration of God's established rule in Israel. You would have been told and taught about the stories of God's deliverance from Egypt, about the promised land, about the history of Israel's once sovereign kingdom, and the covenant that was made with your ancestors, but unfortunately broken which led to the loss of that promised land and the demise of your people into the hands of the Assyrians. But you would have also been told about the stories found in Ezekiel, the stories found in Isaiah and Jeremiah and the other Old Testament prophets, the stories about a time of restoration, about a mighty Messiah that would be coming to restore this rule, about God's law flowing from Mount Zion, about the nations coming up to this mountain to learn from that law. About the nations coming around to finally see Israel fulfill their role as a light and witness to the nations and world. You would have longed for a Messiah that would have been anointed by God to drive out what was then the occupying forces of the Roman Empire and to establish once again the independency of Israel and God's sovereign rule in it. You would have been longing and looking for that mighty, so foretold after, King of David, Son of David. If you were one of the apostles, you would have believed that your longings were getting ready to possibly turn into reality. You would have believed that those expectations of old were on the verge of fruition. But unfortunately, in the blink of an eye, these hopes seem to have been brought to nothing. These hopes seem to be brought to destruction. Because instead of driving out the Roman authorities, instead of establishing the kingdom rule, instead of inaugurating the kingdom that crushes all other kingdoms on earth, just like Daniel foretold, Jesus had just been killed being executed in the one of the most vilest ways possible, the opposite of what you believed and longed for. Your hopes of seeing fulfillment of your ancestral faith fulfilled has just been demolished because that powerful kingly son of David you always dreamed about was instead hanging on an instrument of death, beaten, 
bleeding and suffocating. In your mind, you probably would have been thinking, it's over. Or so you thought. And just as you were thinking that the last three plus years were a waste, and maybe probably the smartest thing for you to do is to go back and try to salvage as much as you could that fishing business that you used to be a part of, just as that was going on, that one that you believed, that one that you heard speaking to you and doing miracles, the one that you just saw be put to death was just brought back to life. A whirlwind of emotions would have probably overcome you. And despite all of your Jewish friends and maybe family arguing with you and denying what you believed, there was no proof texting that was necessary. Because you could say with the resounding confirmation, He lives. He lives. Which brings us to about this time of year, 2,000 plus years ago. Because it was 2,000 plus years ago, about this time, those apostles, those disciples, just went through this. They went from living normal lives and fishing businesses, some of them being a part of one of the most vilest and hated groups of all society, with Matthew being a tax collector. All of a sudden, this guy named Jesus, somehow getting their attention, somehow bringing them into his entourage and teaching them things about the kingdom of God, teaching them things about the scriptures in a way that they had never heard of before. And so after this whirlwind of emotions, of new life, of expectations and excitement, to all of it going away and, 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 and just being destroyed, to all of a sudden excitement again, in Acts, the first chapter, we find a great example, a great little story of the apostles with Jesus, one of that very last time when he was on this earth. We know that Acts is written by Luke and it's a recording of the early church, and this is one of the things that took place just before Jesus ascended to heaven. It says in Acts, the first chapter, verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they were watching, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. And behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee... Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who is taking up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so we here have a very natural question that the disciples ask. Three plus years. 
All our lives we've heard of these stories told about the prophets, that they foretold about God once again intervening in the history of Israel and restoring all of those prophecies and, and bringing about all of those prophecies. Those things found in Daniel and Isaiah. And of course, what do the disciples say right there? After all this took place, he's talked about this, he's done all these things, he says, all right, Lord, come on, this has got to be it, right? It's time, finally. We've done all these things. We've seen you teach. We've seen the miracles. Surely this is the time. This has got to be it, right? All the things that you told us to pray for, the, the kingdom, you told us to set our heart on, you told us to be governed by, all of the miracles that you showed us that demonstrated the spirit of the kingdom in front of us. Surely it's time for it to be restored. But Jesus' response of course, was not yes, but rather, now you go and prepare them. You go and teach them. Just as you just pretty much probably said all those things that they were probably thinking, all of these commandments, all of these new things that I have demonstrated to you, all of these scriptures that I have expounded to you, go and teach others what I have taught you. You saw what I taught you saw how it was shown through the scriptures that these things I said were true. You witnessed my miracles. You witnessed me dying, being put in a tomb, and now before you, speaking to you. Go and be my witnesses that these things took place. Brethren, those apostles complied to Jesus' commands. The witness that they did, we hold in our laps right now. We see those things that were done after Jesus ascends to heaven. Me and you today are also to be witnesses. Me and you today are also to be witnesses to the transformative power that has come upon me and you. Because not only did Jesus die and was he rose from the dead, but me and you right now, living, have been raised with Jesus to walk in newness of life. That feast that we just got done observing demonstrates that. We're to be witnesses to the world of that kingdom that is coming that brings with it the king who possesses that power that demonstrated to us and that has enabled me and you to do these things and has, through that power, allowed us to walk in newness of life. And of course, we are to witness to every language, every tongue, every people about the coming reality of what Daniel in the seventh chapter was so privileged to see a little taste of. In verse 13 of Daniel 7, where he says, And I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which will not be destroyed. Brethren, that kingdom is for everybody. Every language, every race, every nation. That that we do know is that there is no limit on who we are to go and be witnesses to through our speech, through our actions, through our hearts being on fire, which demonstrates 
that it is being led by the Spirit through our, heart, through our speech and through our actions. I'm going to ask that question that the apostles asked. We all know when Jesus is coming back. Jesus will, re, and, and will be coming back and the kingdom will be here on this earth when Jesus' feet is planted again in that same spot in which he left. Until then, we are to live like it's already happening. We are to live, and Jesus many times in his ministry, the kingdom of God has come upon you and things like that. People argue the question, are we in the kingdom? Are we not in the kingdom? Brethren, the Old Testament prophets, Jesus through the apostles all taught a unison message. And that was, there is a physical literal kingdom coming to this earth. But yet, through God's Spirit, we are to, right now, live as if we are governed by those principles. We don't have the Spirit body. We're still fleshly. We're still subject to sin. But we, through that Spirit, are still, in the here and now, ought to be living as if we are living in that kingdom. That is how me and you will do what we can to be a tool to God and contribute to preparing this world. It's difficult to talk about this world and us doing anything to prepare it with the way it's going. Never forget that God always reserves witnesses and a remnant for himself. Thank you.